Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 34. 34. How are you guys doing? We're your host, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. And I'm Melting. Oh my god. It's hot. Hi. <laughs> Big mood. Yes. Uh, I'm sure those people that live in Arizona or New Mexico and Texas are just like, get over it, you sissies. But I, <laughs> this humidity and this heat is just so, uh, for me, debilitating. Like, <laughs> yes, no, absolutely, I agree. I completely agree. Going to sleep is a hassle. Yes. The ants are a hassle. Yes, uh, oh my gosh, we have been uh, attacked by ants. Yes, yes, attacked by ants. We're at war, definitely. I absolutely agree. And this is one of the reasons I wanted to clean the podcast room was because I just was, I can't stand it when one little one gets on your on your leg or on your arm and you're mm-hmm. like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And then forever, any little movement of any kind of like hair on your body, yeah. you feel like it's an ant. <laughs> I hate that. Uh, yes, very all hard. All the mosquitoes, the, all the, the fleas. Oh my gosh, when I walk through the grass outside, I get bit by fleas all over my ankles. Really? Yes. All the insects from hell are basically making a resurgence, and <laughs> all I can say is that they can go to bed. That is an awesome segue into my on my radar, <laughs> and we, I'll, I'll remember that later. <laughs> That's crazy, but you're right. I mean, there was a point, I think one of the hottest days, I was sitting there, and there's there was a, a fly buzzing, and I'm like, how are you still alive? How are you flying? <laughs> like, sh- you should be dead like me right now. Um, we managed to go to uh, the beach, one of the, oh. I think it was on Sunday. Yeah. And I, everybody had the same idea. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things was um, I do everything in my power to make it as pleasant as possible because my brother hates the beach. Mm. And, uh, and everybody in the family hates, like, the wandering around for parking I, uh, yeah. so um, I did everything that I could I packed the car with everything food, snacks, water, whatever, beer uh, and, uh, uh, and the only thing I was like please find parking, please find parking so what I did is I, I dropped them off with all the stuff and then I parked and I walked myself because mm. I wanted it to be as pleasant yeah. as possible it was the only uh, family like the whole family went so it was a lot of fun um, which beach? We went to uh, the uh, Huntington Dog Oh, beach. yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, we oh, took the Taffy. Dog Beach. Yeah, uh-huh. it was great. I always like seeing your pictures and videos of Taffy at the beach. Oh, yeah. She was just like, she dipped in once and she was done. Yeah. <laughs> let me finish. And then I tried to, uh, tried to take her back in the water and she started kind of walking away from me. So I knew that my breath was over not. it. Yeah. Not not having it at all, but it's really fun. A lot, a lot of dogs come over to your little area because we have two umbrellas, uh, so we put them up, and the dogs love the shade. So all the other people's dogs come and they sit in our little mm-hmm. area. It was fun. It was great. Uh, my brother got some uh, beers for us to try, and so we had little tasters. It was good. It was it was a great day. Although I did, um, I always do this. I overdo it. Like I feel like. I want to live in the moment as much as possible, and so uh, the waves were being really like aggressive at a certain time of the day, and I wanted to go under a big wave, oh, uh-huh. and I actually caught it where it broke. So it broke on top of me, oh. and it dragged me, and then my boob popped out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, and I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, it's so small, how the fuck did it pop out, right? 
<laughs> but the thing is, is I have sloped shoulders, and usually I try to get crisscross back, so racerback, so I don't have that problem. Yeah. I didn't because this bathing suit was so comfortable. I compromised the razorback for the whole swimsuit. Uh -huh. So uh, I thought it's not gonna happen. It has two straps. I'm fine, but no, it happened. <laughs> I flashed an old guy. My, my nephew said, Sarah, what the heck were you trying to do? <laughs> and this one lady was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> so there were witnesses. There, oh, yeah. Oh the beach was completely gosh. full. That's but the funny. only people that made eye contact with me that couldn't avert my yeah, gaze yeah, after it happened yeah. were these three people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but, yeah, I was like, but I immediately, like, tucked it back in, but it's too late. <laughs> it, it's been seen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So, and uh, then I, I forgot, you know, I was so focused on my back not getting burned. So I asked my, my you know, my nephew and, and Frank to, you know, put the, the stuff on the back, the sunscreen, that I completely forgot to put in the front. So <laughs> I have these lot tan lines now in the front. It's kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, I completely forgot. How do you forget? I don't know. I forgot. I was too excited. I just wanted to go in the water and I forgot to put it in the front. But yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. Uh, but I want to hear about <laughs> so you. Strangers <laughs> at the beach. Yes, <laughs> I know. I know. I, I you know I thought I would never have that problem. I thought for sure that would be something that would never happen to me, and <laughs> it did. It totally did. <laughs> yeah, left boob out. How can I beat that, Chief Mayo? <laughs> 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 no, but I mean, you went to the expo. Tell us all about that. Oh, yeah. Anime oh, okay. expo. Yeah, okay. So uh, I went to Anime Expo, and for those of you who don't know, Los Angeles hosts Anime Expo that has been going on for about 27 years now. Oh, wow, that long? Yeah, it's been going on for quite a while. Oh, I had no and idea. And it is the largest, um, uh, basically the largest gathering of... Uh, um, uh, manga and anime promotional stuff in the entire west coast so um, um it's basically the san diego comic-con of anime wow. and manga um and it's it was so fucking packed i remember when because uh, i started going around 2010 mm -hmm. um i was still in high school i took my little sister with me which was a mistake on my part because <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is because um uh the, that was when they still weren't very regular, wasn't regulated a lot, so there was some shit. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> and uh, let's let's just say, what is anime most known for in the pop oh, culture yes. world? Oh. What I don't know. Anti. <laughs> oh. No. Every time I hear that, it reminds me that I need to get my hands on some. <laughs> 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 okay. I might have some recommendations. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> anyways, um. So, uh, this was my eighth year going. I actually missed a year because I was in the hospital, but I bought the passes, so I just gave them to my siblings, and I was just like, attend for me in spirit. Also, buy me art. <laughs> um, uh, um, but it was it was a lot of fun, and I was, um, uh, it was really cool because the last panel on Sunday, and I still had to go to work, <laughs> oh, yeah. but it was still enough time, they had a diversity in voice acting panel. And wow. the people who were on there were um, uh, Anjali, um, uh, who play, who is the voice actress for Symmetra um, uh, from the video game Overwatch. Carolina Ravasa, who is a Colombian and who I absolutely adore, and she plays, she voice, she's the voice actress for Sombra. And Keith, 
who is a black man, uh, and he is a voice actor for Torbjorn and a bunch of other stuff. He's very prolific. He's super well-known. Um, um, but he is one of the few black men that is in that industry. And it was just it was just really cool uh, listening to them and what they're saying because most of the stuff that they do is voice acting, but Anjali does um, uh, acting as well. Hmm. Carolina is still kind of like a breakout uh, voice actress. She's trying to get her hands on more, so she's like auditioning and stuff like that. And a lot of the stuff that they said was uh, stuff that we'd said, too. It was a matter of, like, you know, creating content for yourself so that you can put it out there. Yeah. Even if it's even if it's small and stuff like that. And another thing that they said is that is to to be there, to have your voice heard in it and all that stuff. Um, uh, and that in the end, sometimes you might not get a job because it's very much an industry thing. Mm-hmm. But that in voice acting, it's a lot easier to be a person of color and be cast into a role because of the whole, like, no one knows how you look like unless they actively mm-hmm. are looking for how you look like. And um, uh, so it's easy, but also it's also that they also said the fact that uh, if you limit yourself in the roles that you think are possible, that also limits to the number of auditions that you will get. Yeah. So that was that was pr- it was pretty cool. It was pretty interesting, and it's not something that they'd ever done before. Uh, oh or wow! Like also, like a, a panel like that yeah. at Anime Expo mm-hmm. because Anime Expo is very much a, a you know Japanese manga and anime stuff like that. Um, uh, but there's also this uh, problem in the anime and manga industry where there's a lot of idolization of the white figure. Yeah, oh basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, <coughs> and uh, and it's just a it's, a, it's a very, like, kind of untouched territory because not a lot of people talk about it, and I think that's what they kind of wanted to stay as. Mm. So this panel was super, super interesting and super cool, and it was very well attended as well because simply the fact that there are... At least in my experience, there are no more diehard fans for anime than black men. Black men fucking love Dragon Ball. Oh yes, absolutely yes. They are. They are. They they're out there. They love it. They adore it. Mm -hmm. There's um. um, It's just that I feel like there are more black anime fans than there are white anime fans. Mm, but the ones that you see the most, or at least he, it's here true in LA mm-hmm. that I can see it, that, um, uh, that that's that's honestly true. So that was an interesting panel and I saw that when I was at the panel because there was a, the the audience was predominantly um uh, black 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 men who were there for Keith and stuff like that, but also there was a lot of Latinas, there was a lot of other like um, um Asian ethnicities is there as well, and of course there was like uh, white people there as well sprinkled uh, <laughs> sprinkled throughout, but it was uh, predominantly people of color. Wow! And that was that was really really cool and really it really hammered the fact that anim like stuff that you wouldn't think about it just because it's not like super mainstream or well it's anime is pretty mainstream now, but it used to not be <laughs> right. I know. But um. um but it's uh, that the audience is that strong, and you just don't know that they exist, and that it, it is a problem that people should talk about. And so that was really cool, and that was really cool to see. Um, um, but Anime Expo was a lot of fun, except until I heard, and uh, <laughs> oh my god, okay. So, because uh, Anime Expo is great, and I, and I love it, and sometimes uh, every, 
starting like about five years ago, I kind of, uh, you know, the San Diego Comic Con thing you told me about, like how you're not really enjoying yourself anymore. But yeah. then once you're there, right. you are kind of like, oh, this was fun. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of been me with Anime Expo. I always say it's like, oh, I'm not going to go this year. Like, oh, F that. I'm not even into the anime anymore like that. That's a lie. I still am. Um, <laughs> you know how, why we know it's a lie? Because she came to work on Sunday with a t-shirt that said Weeaboo Trash. <laughs> I bought that on day one. Like, uh, the, the first day I was there, I saw it. I gasped audibly because it was it was in bright fluorescent pink, yeah. and the font was very pretty. Some people couldn't read what it was, yeah. but I saw it immediately, and I was just like, I need that shirt. I want it, and uh, I bought it, and it was uh, it was the best purchase of the entire convention. Did, did, you, did you gasp in Spanish? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, you see, that's the Spanish. You guess. know what's funny? <laughs> Some girls came into the new shop because uh, Heidi Ho is moving. We are no longer located at our Lincoln address. We're now at 412 Broadway. For those of you in the Santa Monica area, come check out our new location. But some girls came in and they were um, in the manga section and they were like. Uh, gasping and um, being like, oh my gosh, and oh my gosh, every time they saw a new title that they recognized. Mm -hmm. And um, I told them that we were having a big sale at the other um, location and that there was some manga, not a lot, but there was some, but that everything was 75% off. And I said, and just so you know, the girl that's working over there, <laughs> <laughs> she is a self-proclaimed uh, weeaboo trash. <laughs> and they started laughing. They're like, let's go right now. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know that you told them that. Because <laughs> we talked. <laughs> and I don't think they wanted to bring it up. That's funny. <laughs> but, um, uh, but, no, it was it was a lot of fun. But, anyways, what I was saying is that uh, I didn't learn about this till later, but then I realized that I had passed the booth. But, um, uh, and Anime Expo has been getting a lot of flack because it was that one year when they had moved oh, Artist Alley yep. to the parking lot. I remember. And they didn't turn on the AC yeah, for the parking lot. people were passing out. So people were passing out because of the heat. Yeah. Oh, they, my God. They, Imagine if that was, like, this year. Oh, oh my no. gosh. That's so yeah. horrible. So they fixed that since, I think it was, like, two or three years ago. And the, uh, AC is on full blast over there. And so Artist Alley is very well ventilated <laughs> and, and and stuff like that and, and all that. So they, they fixed that. But the thing is that they put restrictions on the on the artist and what they can display or what they can have. Uh, oh, and I stuff see. Like that. Yeah, like and which I was like, okay, yeah, like you wanna you wanna be known as a family thing, kind right. of. And it's true because, <laughs> okay, I was I was in tenth grade. I was I wasn't even fifteen yet, and I took my ten year old little my ten not even she wasn't even ten. Well, she's seven years older, so I'm seven years older, so. Jesus, fuck! How old was she? She was, she was like <laughs> in third grade. Never mind. <laughs> but and they, like I said, there had been like some explicit artwork that she had seen and that I had seen that I probably shouldn't have seen at that age. But, <laughs> but I was just like, okay, I get it. You want to be like super like friendly and stuff like that. But it wasn't until later that I learned that these restrictions were like super strict. Like you couldn't have people kissing at what? all. Really? Yeah. And hmm. I was just, yeah, like, uh, in the display. Like, you could sell the artwork in a binder and stuff like that, but you couldn't have it out on display. Mm-hmm. Turns out that in the exhibit hall, they had a VR um, uh, sexual experience. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow, I want to do that. <laughs> that would be so cool. For men. 
Aww. What do you mean four men? It mean it meant that the people doing VR were fucking a blow up doll. So oh, no, shoot. so the women won. The women couldn't get any on that on that yeah. stuff. So first of all, uh, equality bitches make something for women too. Yeah. Uh, second of uh, second of all, people were actually having sex in that booth. <gasps> they were jacking. Yes, in Spanish. Yeah, they were jacking. They were basically jacking it to the blow up doll. Oh my in gosh. that booth. And the booth was cordoned on as and everything, and it was a, uh, explicitly like an 18 plus. You had to right, show ID yeah, uh-huh. kind of thing. But you're having sex there. Yeah. That's. Wow. And you want to be known as a family show, and you're putting restrictions on all your artists, and then turning right back around and Dude. doing that yeah. in the exhibit hall? I was just like, oh, hell no. Was it a, a one of those new uh, dolls that um, are kind of like a, they look kind of realistic? They're kind of rubber? No, it's a, it's a VR, so like you have the VR headset and stuff, mm-hmm. and there's like a plastic blow-up doll and stuff like that that I guess like is connected to it that is supposed to like... Uh, simulate sensation. Simu- simulate sensation. Oh, like that. wow. Yeah. They should have something for women, damn it. Yeah, I know, there. right? Dental but like... <laughs> so i didn't know about this until afterward and then that's when i realized that i had passed this booth and that there was a crowd of people so basically while you were jacking to it there was a crowd of people watching Watching you you. yes watching you yes i'm out i'm out they're watching you because it was it was like a like a real like a real like you're supposed to do it but you're it's supposed to be also like a display like how this is works so you could you could like you could volunteer to do it, but you're literally ha- and these people were literally having sex wow. in a booth at Anime Expo. Wow! And that is not fucking okay. Yeah, like it's all right. It's all like it's uh, like I wouldn't I wouldn't have obje- objected to it because uh, for one, if there was a similar thing for women, but two, if you're gonna have this ra- rated like 18 plus section, put it somewhere else. Not in the exhibit hall where right. you're supposed to have all this family-friendly stuff as well. Yeah. Wow. So. Jen is very upset right now. I'm very upset. <laughs> I, I forgot how If you guys could see her face. Um, I have to say that if I were have been there, if I w- were to have been there, I would have stood in line. <laughs> 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 Just to see. I see these things being passed around on Facebook all the time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, like, there's this one where this older man has the VR thing on. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a – you can see what he's seen. And there's this woman that's coming and, like, rubbing on him. And it, the video is showing that he clearly is so into it mm-hmm. that, like, his whole body <laughs> movement and his facial expression and everything, I mean, he is into it. And I think that's so, like – I think it's so interesting <laughs> and, like, it's the uh, it's the next stage of self gratification. <laughs> like Hannah, I'm so interested in that. <laughs> but yes, I don't want anyone to watch. Well, I mean, in that in that <laughs> environment, yeah. I don't need anybody watching. Like yeah, yeah like exactly. that's just the thing. Is like it's it was in a booth. Yeah, people were watching you. Yeah, people posted video of it. That's how I found out. Share that video because I want I want to see it. Oh my god! Yeah, I would have, I would have stood in line like Kristen. But yes, I would have <laughs> been upset. I would want something for females, and mm-hmm. I would definitely want it to be like not where everybody was watching me. Yeah, 
Like, I'd be so, for that. I'd be for that. So people are watching it. Like, if you had your own, like, private section, like, like yeah, I would, I would, I'm not going to lie, yeah, I would have done it too. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not, the the most thing that hits me is the hypocrisy. Yeah. Is yeah. That, I it, understand that, that yeah. It's, 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 it's the hypocrisy. You know what would be so cool? If they could mm-hmm. announce that they're going to have it and just bring your own vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that would work for me. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> We've really gone off the rails. <laughs> <We've gone laughs> yeah, it's it's been a while. <laughs> but that was Anime Expo. It was yeah. interesting. It was. It was had its highs and lows. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What about you, Kristen? What's going on with you? Except besides the move. Yes, I my life has been totally overtaken with the move of. Heidi Ho comics from one spot to the next, but we are somewhat set up in the new spot. I mean, we're up and fully functional and running. It's more things like, um, hey, where's the clipboard with the da 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 da, or hey, what did we do with the toilet paper? Or where? <laughs> I mean, so it's that kind of small little stuff. So there's still no like some thing. infrastructure that we're working on, but I'm like on my 16th day straight of working. And it's starting to take a toll. So I'm actually looking forward to having some time off. Even though I know <laughs> in my mind I'm going to Comic-Con and, like, you have to mentally prepare, prepare yeah. for that stuff. And, and if you can physically prepare yeah. as well. <laughs> like, I was talking to you and Eddie about how I think, Jen, you went to work and you went to Anime Expo, right? Yeah. Like, on the same day. Mm-hmm. And I was like not possible and I'm like thinking wait hmm. I used to be young I yeah used to do that. she's yeah. young <laughs> <laughs> I was like I used to do that but I, you forget because yeah. you it's really exhausting I mean the crowds the heat the food the the lack of food the lack of you know water it's just all those things yeah. and then the smells <laughs> and <laughs> oh I'm very familiar with it I'm freaking I'm ready I'm basically I basically like bottled up all my anime expo preparedness, and I'm ready. <laughs> I'm waiting to to put it back in effect for San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, it was a mm-hmm. nice little primer. Yeah, <laughs> nice little primer. Nice, nice. So yeah, that's all I'm doing. Uh, I haven't watched any movies. Uh, all the big summer blockbusters have not been anywhere near. Um, me at all. I haven't had any time to go see Incredibles. I haven't seen Ant-Man. I haven't seen um, what was the other one we were talking about? Oh, um, uh, Jurassic. Jurassic World or Park or whatever what it is. is. <laughs> one, of, one of the Jurassic. Yes. <laughs> haven't seen any of those. Um, and I am just uh, exhausted from this heat. So I haven't done anything exciting. I, I, I really haven't had any time. I am finding time to fit in Bachelorette. If you guys <laughs> if you guys don't know this about me, I am a complete reality TV like crazy person. I love Bachelorette. I love Big Brother. I love Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> I used to watch all the like crazy um uh, what were the what were the ones not what was not uh, VH1 when they had like um, when they had all those like dating shows I loved all those things so anyway I did I have found time for to watch those <laughs> late at night but uh, that's it that I I'm saving up my um, emotional physical and monetary 
uh, <laughs> and monetary <laughs> asset to go to San Diego next year or next week. Sorry, yeah. next year, next year too. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. No, I, I, I completely forgot about the monetary uh, status. Yeah, I'm actually gonna go Uber this weekend just to have enough money for Comic Con. So, oh my god. Well, the fact that I've worked 16 Day Street had that in mind oh. because I knew that I needed to um, save money exactly. to spend money. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had more, but then I went to Anime Expo, mm. and I spent so much. So, so much. Oh, my God, I spent so much. <laughs> <laughs> And now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. Jen, take it away. So, this is Jen. And I have three pieces of hot chisme this time. So, first of all, let's break it to everybody nicely. Uh, and maybe I'm a little bit late. Some people might already know this. This was kind of announced July 4th. Mm. Uh, or maybe they missed it because it was the 4th of July. <laughs> uh, but the IT producers are remaking Child's Play. What? We're getting a new Chucky movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ride of Chucky. Oh, my God. That was a freaking hilarious ride. I remember going to the movie theater to see that. It was <laughs> It was so funny. <laughs> it's not supposed to be funny. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't maybe. I don't know. At that point, Ride of Chucky, I think maybe they, they were cashing in on the laugh. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So I actually, I first watched um, uh, Ride of Chucky as a kid. And as a kid, that shit is still kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, I don't know how it happened, but then I saw, oh, I think it was like a movie marathon that was happening in one of the channels, and my parents weren't there. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh -oh. Or they were just unaware. But then uh, I saw Bride of Chucky, and then the, the next day, I think I saw Child's Play, and I was even more traumatized. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I know. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, this uh, it's it's been kind of announced, and um, uh, the it producers who are um, uh, David Katzenberg and Seth Graham Smith. And when I say it producers, like the like the people who made it, like right. the new one, that the just most came, recent the one, the most recent yes. one that just came out, the cool one, the cool one, the hip one. Wait, uh, where where did that come out on? Was that Netflix or no? No, it was a regular movie. Yeah, it was. Oh, that's right. Okay, uh -huh. uh, I have, I was trying to remember where I I went to go see it. Yes, it was a regular movie. And number they're working on the second one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where they're, they're grown up. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And so the second the second one I think is already being filmed. I, I hope so I because know. I yeah. I'm I'm intrigued to see what happens. So that's uh, that's exciting. And um, uh, they have Norwegian director Lars Klevberg who directed Polaroid. Uh, is signed up for the script along with uh, King Kung Fury 2 writer Tyler Burden Smith. So that's uh, that that should be interesting. And I mean, I'm down to I'm down for watching that. I I very much liked it. It was super it was cool really cool, and it was super creepy and scary mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like the the old movie has its charm too, and it scared oh, the bejesus yeah. out of me as a kid as well. Don't ask me how I ended up watching that one either. I <laughs> was a freshman in college, and I wouldn't take a shower after that because <laughs> of the drain scenes. <laughs> I actually, my mom, uh, my mom said that for a while that um, uh, 
because she didn't learn that I, le- I watched that movie until afterwards. Yeah. And then, and then, because I refused to take a shower. And I was wow. like, I was like six, seven years old. Yeah. And, uh, and um, um, after seeing the movie, and I refused to take a shower. And because I wouldn't take a shower, my little your brother. Your kids, your kids, your brothers and sisters. Yeah, wouldn't take a shower. <laughs> and so and <laughs> it was a whole fiasco. And then she finally asked. And she's like, it's, well, there's a clown in there. <laughs> <laughs> You can't, you don't take a shower, but then if you take a bath, you are um, then putting yourself at risk for Freddie to come exactly. at you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wouldn't take a bath because of that. I'm just like, yeah. oh. I, I used to get free, as a kid, I was in sixth grade when that movie came out. Oh and my God. Or I don't know when it came out, but when that's when I well, saw it. Yeah, yeah, on HBO. And um, I am not lying. I did not sleep for two weeks. <laughs> as a sixth grade child, yeah. like I'm assuming at some point I slept a couple, but I could not fall asleep. I was so scared in my room with the blankets over me, all the shadows on the wall. Oh my! And I, um, <laughs> I had a water bed at the time. And wow. so the waterbed was like, in my mind, it was the same as being in the bathtub oh that he was no. going to come through the water. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I was, I, I was, I think, I don't know how I could not have been a little neurotic kid. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Which reminds me, uh, when, the, when the ring came out. Oh, and yeah. I saw that one, too. <laughs> Thanks to courtesy of my cousins in bootleg movies. <laughs> but after the, after after the I saw the ring, I would not watch any un unnamed um uh, VHS, VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, what if it's something forbidden and then I die? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and th- there was a lot. There was a lot of uh, unnamed VHS. Yeah, tapes, back in the day. Yeah. yeah. So, but I know that there the ring is also getting a remake. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It, it's also getting a remake. Um, uh, and that one should be interesting because I think the the, v- the whole watch a film VHS thing is very much a thing that's firmly set in the past. Yes. I don't know what they're going to do with it. They did a, um, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I uh-huh. saw a uh, kind of a sequel kind of where uh, they were trying to study what happened, the effects with the videotape, but they mm-hmm. actually had it in a, um, a USB um flash drive mm-hmm. and there was a, actually a study group that was sending it via email mm-hmm. so ah. that's how that uh, that's how it was spreading in in this area era mm-hmm. yeah so but even then like US, usb sticks are kind of even those are yeah yeah even those are that's <laughs> that's so 10 years ago wait <laughs> what do we use now your phone yeah so, like your phone your phone can have up to not only just your phone like this phone is a 64 gig yeah device. And even then, that I think that's too little. Yeah, mine is yeah. like one thirty something. Yeah, one like w- like most phones are now going like to. I think they're gonna like phase out the sixty four gigabyte ones soon mm-hmm. and just make like a hundred and something. And uh, even after I ran out of space with my photos one too many times, I'm like, that's it. I am not suffering like this anymore. Mm-hmm. And the next time I went to go get uh, upgrade my phone, I was like, give me the biggest you <laughs> have. <laughs> and that's not even the biggest anymore. You're right. There's mm-hmm. tons wow. that are bigger. Yeah, and so like, and that was like Google Cloud and everything. That's true. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, I I Google Doc people all the time these days, and yeah, I I just Doc. downloaded yeah. Google Doc on my the app on my phone, and I was like a. St- 
astounded at how easy it was to edit the um, the document on my phone, even oh though yeah. my phone was tiny and stuff. But like the word processing functions on my phone, I was like, oh my god, this has changed my life. Yeah. So wow. I'm a little late to this show, uh-huh. but I do still use USB sticks. <laughs> yeah, like every once in a while, maybe when I I used some while I was at UCLA because for some reason all colleges seem to be like a couple of years behind on the time, mm. even like the most up-to-date ones. <laughs> Hmm. And um, uh, because I could not send, um, uh, I could not, basically, my printer wasn't working, and the my UCLA account wasn't accepting emails from outside accounts, so I had to download onto a USB, go down to the freaking library, insert it into their, one of their computers, th- then complain because their computer systems weren't up to date and could not take Couldn't the read it? Couldn't uh. read it. And then they they updated and they updated it, downloaded my my um uh, my doc and then printed it. It was a whole fucking fiasco, and I was just like, Jeez. I'm never doing this again. I'm fixing my printer, uh, and it's been fixed. But like that, that or probably something with the dark web. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do. I know there's a movie coming out about that too, hmm. about some people finding. A when I hear. References to that, to the dark web, I'm always wondering, how do people know where to go? Like, how do you get into, I mean, that's too much of a conversation to get into, but I always wonder that. And then I'm like, but I don't want to go searching because then I want the the FBI knocking on my door. (laughs) Google dark web. (laughs) No, oh my God. Uh, Alexa? (laughs) What is the dark web? (laughs) Oh my god! That's uh, no, that's that's pretty funny. Um, but that so anyway. this all from the cheese my bag. Chucky <laughs> yeah. is going Chucky to be remain. <laughs> we got into horror movies. Okay, the second piece of cheese, and we're only on number two, <laughs> is that Aaron Azoff, the head writer of Avatar: The Last Airbender, is coming out with a new series um, uh, directly for Netflix, and it is called The Dragon Prince and <laughs> the poster already makes it so good. First of all, he's the head writer for Avatar The Last Airbender, and I love Avatar The Last Airbender. It's so the cartoon? good. cartoon? Yes. Okay. Well, it's only been a cartoon. No, there was a movie. And then, um, oh, oops, no, sorry. I'm sorry. It, sorry. No, there was sorry. no movie. No. There was no movie. I apologize. <laughs> I take full responsibility for that. This is Sarah. <laughs> there, there was no movie. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 No, I'm just joking. But, um, um, <laughs> But, uh, no, yeah, he was a writer for the cartoon series Avatar The Last Airbender, and now, um, um, and now he's making this, uh, for Netflix, and the description reads is, two human princes who forge an unlikely bond with an elfin assassin sent to kill them embark on an epic quest to bring priests to their warring lands. Wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. And the elf assassin is a girl. Ooh. Yeah. And so it's, oh my god. Uh, Netflix tweeted it, um, uh, and you can see the poster, and it's just of this giant looming dragon over these three kids, and it looks amazing. So I am super excited for it. It's said to come out in September, so I'm going to have to renew my Netflix <laughs> subscription at some point in time before September so I can watch it. But I'm super, super excited. Netflix has really been killing it. Oh, with absolutely. Uh, not everything, but especially with the kids' cartoons. 
stuff. Um, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Troll Hunters. Oh yeah, so good. So, so I've good. heard a lot of good stuff about that. Mm-hmm. I gotta watch that. Their uh, mm. a lot their anime stuff, pretty good too. From um, uh, Devil Man Crybaby. Oh my god. I What's that? Uh, it's oh my god. It's 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 really good and kind of a bit hard to explain. I feel like that falls for <laughs> anime a lot, but it's basically about a demon and an angel. Okay. Hmm. What's it called? Devil Man Cry Baby. That sounds very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's um, uh, it's 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 pretty good. It's uh, it's really good. Well, even their movies are awesome. I just finished watching one called Brain on Fire, which is based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Really good movie. Yeah, they um, they have a lot of really great movies out there. Yeah, yeah. and um, uh, what what was it for the Emmys? Mm. I think they they shoved. They're either on par or they've edged out HBO. Wow. Yeah. So that's um uh, that looks very very promising and um uh, and super cool. So I can't wait to see what else they they've got for us. I'm really excited because uh, Netflix they're doing these uh, movies that are really well uh, budgeted. Budgeted is that yeah. a word? But uh, they, um, they're good quality and there's good stories and they're not like foo foo about like I need to be in the theater. Mm-hmm. No, it's just straight to Netflix and they're brilliant. They I are love brilliant. That. I mean yeah. the production. Uh, value a quality of the um tv shows and movies that are going straight to netflix are super high i mean oh, yes. it's not it's not a a thing that's comparable to straight to dvd or right. you know thing mm-hmm. anymore i mean w- when i see um uh netflix original or even a hulu original actually based on all of the other ones that i've seen up until now it makes me more interested in watching it because the things that mm-hmm. i've seen so far have been so good exactly yeah. i completely agree yeah and, th- and then they have uh-huh. series for like from other countries that are equally as yeah. good. Like I was watching The Forest, which is French. It's mm-hmm. super good. Yeah, I I like watching all the Bollywood films that they have. Cause I've never seen a Bollywood film. Bollywood. Okay, first of all, you gotta <laughs> set yourself in because those <laughs> shits are long. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're so long. Oh my god. But it's um, they're all amazing because there's so much dancing. The outfits, the actors and the actresses, all so beautiful. The jewelry, the makeup. Oh my god, the it's freaking like oh, to check it out. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like they they are extra. They are <laughs> they are telenovela extra too. So oh my gosh, uh, I don't know if it was Netflix or Hulu. There was no no no. I'm misremembering. I was watching Univision because um, I was watching the soccer game when Mexico was playing. I'm not sure who. But um, there was a commercial in between the breaks of the game of this telenovela that was getting ready to start with this beautiful specimen of a man that I don't even know what the show was about <laughs> or what they were talking about because I have to really, because I'm not a, a native speaker of, or of that was not my first language, I have to really... Um, concentrate to to like really understand what people are saying when they're talking especially so fast like they do there and so I don't know what exactly what this was about but I just I did get that it was about him and it was going to start and I was like oh my god I have to watch this I don't remember when they I I meant to go like research it a little bit more because I don't even remember what it was called but I was like oh my god I'm gonna watch this <laughs> it looked amazing if any of you out there know what I'm talking about please uh, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
A man that steals your breath away. <laughs> That's what telenovelas are about, and I'm about it. Yes. Anyways. Uh, so, speaking <laughs> of big production stuff, and, like, yeah, like, Netflix does pour a lot of movie in, a lot of money into their, into their films and, like, um, um, and TV show, TV shows, I say, but, like, their series and stuff like that, and, um, uh, their cartoons, uh, as well, but I still feel like they are being, uh, they're, they're still pretty, um, uh, pretty much, uh, not as big as Hollywood movies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. simply because the new Joker movie prequel, mm-hmm. It already has a starting budget of fifty-five million dollars. <gasps> wow. wow! Yeah, starting budget. Yeah, starting. Yeah, so it's definitely gonna go up. Mm. And this is, and I say this because it's been uh, Warner Bros. has officially announced that Joaquin Phoenix will be playing the Joker in this prequel movie. So. Jen's cheesement is confirming Sarah's cheesement right, from yeah. last episode. Yeah. I'm just following up, you know, <laughs> giving those finishing touches, reaffirming. Isn't that what you do with cheesement? You gotta follow. It's a fact now. You gotta make sure, like, it wasn't just hearsay. It's actually real. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like I said before, I'm a little apprehensive because, like you said, it's an origins Joker movie, and I feel mm-hmm. that Joaquin is a little bit old. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I mean, do I we really know the Joker's age? I but feel I feel that he was in his like maybe like mid twenties. I, I you know what I don't remember when I read Killing Joke. Um, what made me think that he was older? That he was an not yeah, like an old man, but an older because he was a salesman and they were wasn't expecting he? their first child. Yeah. Yeah, and so I feel like in my mind I just assumed he was like an older like I wouldn't say like. Um, like middle age, but maybe like thir- late thirties or something. But yeah, I don't know that we know at any point in time in uh, in the DC universe whether or not it's ever been addressed. But just in reading Killing Joke, I just got the impression that he was older. Mm-hmm. Also, Arkham Asylum. I feel like he's like in that like fifty or something mm-hmm. as well, just because of the way that he's been drawn and stuff like that. Yeah. So I guess you can make an argument for either one for being young, and this is supposed to be a prequelish, yeah, yeah, sort like his like origin, or- yeah, origin, but so. like either way, like we don't really know his age, yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm gonna be le- leaving it open. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. like I said before, Heath Ledger just knocked it out of the ballpark for me, you mm-hmm. know. So I'm gonna be open, open-minded. Yeah. I'm not a Joaquin Phoenix fan, but I definitely am curious to mm-hmm. see what they do. I mean, who? I, I mean, Joker is such a huge character, and I mean, he's, he is... Oh my god, it's almost like he doesn't have other movies about him. (laughs) 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 I'm being facetious, but but it's just like, what are they going to bring? And like, the description... I guess because I've never seen any of those other movies, so... I've never seen any of Heath Ledger, Joker, or... Oh, okay. Jeez, you're really... Suicide Squad? You're missing out. Oh my God! No, you're you're no you're you're. Uh, that's something you can miss out. Um, <laughs> the Suicide Squad one. Yeah. <laughs> the Heath Ledger one is good. Yeah, I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mark Hamill voicing Joker. Oh, oh yes. my God! Okay, yes. yes. So good. That. Yeah. Yes. That's like the bit, the best, the yeah. best, the best, the best, the best, the best. The 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 laugh. Oh my God! I love him. Mm-hmm. 
But this movie is supposed to be a darker and more experimental in tone and content akin to a crime drama-esque film. You may not see it, but I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> like, okay, how how much darker can you get than Superman snapping a man's neck in front of children? Dark. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what are you going to hit me with? Like, uh, I could say a lot of shit, and I would not be surprised if they went with it. And that's just, <laughs> honestly, that's fucking boring. So, I'm, I might go see it, or I might not. <laughs> hey, I I didn't pay at all to go see um uh, Batman vs Superman. Oh, my yeah. best friend paid for it. Okay. <laughs> I also didn't pay at all to see Justice League, and that was a relief in of itself too because it wasn't that good either. I wanted. I still haven't seen Justice League, and I I will gladly pay my money, but now to to see Aquaman. But now <laughs> I think I've I've missed my opportunity to see it on the big screen. I'll have to watch it. Hey, the um, Aquaman movies. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like the Black yes. Manta costume has been shown. Oh, I did. I remember Ooh. seeing that. Um, but I did not see. Um, I did see Batman um, versus Superman, and I was bored out of my mind, except for the parts that Wonder Woman was in. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> was the the brief five minutes she yeah. was in there? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the highlight of it. The Wonder Woman movie was great. Yeah, it was super good. But Justice League. Came in with Jason Momoa shirtless. <laughs> Not worth it. Not worth it. That's disappointing. I know. But um uh that's my cheese. That was a lot. Oh yeah. I'm spent. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, it's that time again. Kristen, what time is it? It is beer time! Cerveza. <laughs> Today's beer comes to you from El Segundo Brewing Company. That's pretty local to us here in the South Bay. And this beer is called Mayberry IPA. And it's so cute. It has like a, a those of you who may be um, under a certain age might not recognize um, the town Mayberry as the town that um, Opie and his father lived in. Um, what's the name of that um, show? Uh, Why am I drawing a blank? Jen is no good for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, who's Andy Griffin? Andy Griffin. Oh, okay, I was yeah. about to say, who's Opie? <laughs> <laughs> so Mayberry was the town. It was Andy Griffin show was this black and white TV show with Don Knotts. With Don Knotts. I, I love I've that guy. Yes, and um, and uh, Andy Griffith was played by. I don't know who that guy is. Me either. I can't remember. But Opie was the son, and he was, or he is, um, who's the dude who used to be in Happy Days and now is like a really, um, Howard, Ron Howard. Ron Howard, yes. yes. So mm-hmm. that's how Ron Howard got started in the the uh, industry. In the um, so anyway, there's a cute little picture of like little small town America here on the front of the beer, and this is uh, Mayberry IPA, a 7.2 alcohol uh, by volume beer, 
And it says here that Mosaic Hops take center stage in this truly West Coast India pale ale. The perfect companion for enjoying a sunny day on Main Street with us in our charming little town, affectionately known as Mayberry by the Sea. I did not know that. What? I just learned that. So then I learned today. El Segundo is known as Mayberry by... Wow. If you've ever been to El Segundo, you actually... I can see it. Yeah. I, I can totally, totally see it. See it. Yeah. That's cute. Um, and so uh, I guess that's... Uh, El Segundo is known as Mayberry by the Sea. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. It says here on the side, smell, drink, and repeat. I think that uh, is very... Um, good advice when you're drinking beer, always get all of your senses involved. So I'm going to pour so some for... So blow your nose before tasting it. <laughs> <laughs> um, El Segundo Brewing Company is located at 140 Main Street, El Segundo, California, 90245. And uh, it, it looks like it closes at 10. And some days, like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, closes at 9. Um, I have been to their tap room only once. Um, and it's pretty nice. It's, uh, you know, kind of an average tab room. It's uh, everybody. It just feels like in El Segundo, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. It's sort of like just cheers. It's a very close community. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, I've actually, the, the one time I went to the tap room was because they were, uh, El Cuervo Art oh, Gallery yeah, yeah, was yeah. opening. They're, and they, they are also located in El Segundo. Yeah, they're right, actually a little bit across okay. from the brewery. So it's, uh, if you're going to go see some art, check out the brewery. So let's take a let's take a swig, guys. So I am smelling it, and it smells very citrusy. It smells very very citrusy. It made yeah. my mouth water. Yes, it does. Definitely. It smells very citrusy. I like it, and uh, it's kind of like a, a bright gold. Yes, it's not very it's not very um, hazy hazy the way some IPAs are. Uh-huh. Yes, looks good, guys. Let's take a taste. Wow, I, I wasn't expecting this to be as good. Uh, in my head, I didn't think it was going to be this good. This is very light. It's light and perfect, actually, it's for this weather. Yeah, it's a weather, very oh light yeah. IPA, very which very I good. think is often what you get when you get a West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I also was not expecting it. It's it's very light, and there is that hoppiness. It is an IPA after all, but it is not overpowering. It's really good. It, it doesn't linger. Mm-hmm. You know, you know you how... You get like a pop of flavor, mm-hmm. and then it goes down smoothly. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very it smooth. Yes, mm-hmm. it's very very smooth. You know how I say that I either drink or eat. Mm-hmm. I don't like to mix them up because then I get really full. Mm-hmm. This is type of beer that I could have at a barbecue. It's funny because I have to do both. That's weird. When I drink my beer, I or when I eat, I I like to wash it down with something. So it might as well be <laughs> beer. <laughs> <laughs> No, for me, it's c- completely opposite. Like, if I commit to drinking beer, then I can't eat because then I get full really fast and it I can't It does fill you up. Uh, you were not able to attend um, oh, yeah, that's right. our, our beer um, tour. Mm-hmm. We toured six different breweries here in the South Bay. And uh, well, you're absolutely 100% right. By brewery 
five, I would even say four, my tummy was so full and I felt so uncomfortable and I was just like, I don't want any more anything in my stomach, but I like, I was determined <laughs> to, 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 yeah, I persevered um, to try all the beers at all of the different locations. But then I had realized that so many hours had gone by, I hadn't eaten, so I needed to eat. And we just happened to be at one of the breweries that had uh, sausages there. Not the right thing to eat when you're full of heavy IPA <laughs> beer and, and you're trying to fit more in. Right. By the time we got to the very last brewery, which was um, the Strand, right near where I live, um, I bought a beer and I took one sip and I left it completely full there because I just could not do it. And I felt so bad about it. I was like, oh, no, can, can I get this to go? <laughs> I didn't eat when I arrived there. Yeah. So that's why I was eating and drinking a lot. <laughs> yeah. So definitely I understand your um, your game plan that if you are, especially IPAs, they're very filling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this one was a really delightful surprise for me because the bottle, I believe, was like between 6 and $7. Okay. Dollars. Mm-hmm. I got it at Costco. It, I, it's oh. always there. And I always tell myself I'm going to get it, but I never do. And then this time, I was looking for a beer for the podcast, and I said, you know what, let's give this one a go. So uh, I am really uh, exceptionally surprised. I, I really believe that this is going to be a little bland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's actually really refreshing, full of flavor, citrusy, hoppy, smooth. Um, I love it. I love it. I, I Like I said, I'm pleasantly surprised. This is Sarah. I'm, I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a full. I'm going to give it a full. This is a great uh, beer for a barbecue. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a full as well because it's um, uh, it's really good and it's really light and like I said, in this weather, in the hot oh humidity, yes. it's uh, it's oh my god, it's it's perfect and I really like the color for it too and I like the citrusy smell for it as well. I had a late lunch, um, so I didn't eat dinner, and I'm already feeling a little, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the LA Times actually did a profile of this particular beer, and they talked about um, the tropical fruit aromas and flavors. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we smelled right off. Mm-hmm. So um, it, and I tasted it right off too. So I definitely um, say that if those are the those are the kind of um, flavor um, uh, notes that you enjoy, um, this would be a beer that you would want to really uh, try out and uh, it says that there's um, some pineapple, some uh, guava Mm -hmm. like a distinct blueberry twang, so there's a a lot of different fruit that you um, that you get in one mouthful so uh, I also think that I will go with a full Uh, I would enjoy this on a hot summer day um, or to warm me up on a cold (laughs) winter night (laughs) Uh, so, yes, so I definitely would say full for this. And uh, we live so close to it. Um, I've never been to El Segundo Brewing Company. I have tried uh, multiples of their beers because they're on tap around here because they're so local. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I definitely like to go try them out. Road trip. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, a very strong full um, from all of us. Yes. So, yeah, give that a try, guys. <laughs> Alright guys, we are going to review a book. 
What are we reviewing, Jen? You didn't think we were, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I know. We get carried away. I know we rescheduled, and that's why we have so much to say. So, uh-huh. um, so what are we reviewing, Jen? So, today, brought to us by Fanbase Press. Yes. Wait, how do we know Fanbase Press? That sounds so familiar. Oh, my God. It's almost like they made a book that we reviewed. Quince. <laughs> 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 Yeah, they're uh, an awesome publishing company, uh, and uh, they they publish Quince and now Margins and a bunch of other great books as well. But we're very excited about this one. Take it away, Jen. Okay, so brought to us by Fanbase Press is The Margins, written by David Acampo and Paul Montgomery, illustrated by Amanda Donahue, lettering and design also by David Acampo, and. I adored it <laughs> so much. Oh my god! It, this al- it, it almost felt like this was written for us. It, you know what? Oh. You're absolutely right. Yes. This you're was, absolutely right. This was tailor made for me. Yeah, it's totally. Good. Oh my god! It's so so good. I at one point I wanted to cry because it was. Oh my god! It was it was so good. It was. Um, remember when we read uh, and reviewed uh, Love and Rockets? And yes. I said that that book was like reading a friend. Yes. And that's what this is as well. Yes. Absolutely yeah. agree. This is what this book is. It's like it's like coming home. Yes. It's like finding something lost. Yeah. It is like greeting an old friend yes. that, that you've missed. And Aww, that makes oh. me missy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I... I don't want to give much away about yeah, the storyline. I, I mean, there's so much I want to say about this, but I want to leave the listener with this. I don't want to tell you the story in full because I want you to read this, and I want you to be as excited as I was reading it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with the basics. Yes. The main character is a Latina woman, is a queer Latina woman. Yes. She's married to another Latina, and they have just moved to... Um, uh, Portland. Portland. Portland, yes. Portland, Oregon. Yes, she's an artist. Mm-hmm. Her name is Charlie. Uh-huh. She's a comic artist. And just an artist and an artist as well. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, her wife is... Uh, Rita. Rita. And yes. she is opening a food truck. <laughs> Lovely Rita. Meet her maid. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and um, um, it is... Oh, how do I say it? It is a story about finding your purpose. Yes. Finding what drives you and um in sort of what you were destined to do in a sense as well in a bit in that it almost finding something that it almost seems like fate yeah something that you click with so much so that it's almost like it was destined to happen but it's because you chose to do so yes um but this uh this book is definitely heavy on the sci-fi. Yeah. And oh the f- yes. and the fantastical. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there is an aspect of this book where in the real world, uh, it's basically sepia colored. Yes. 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 It's in it's in it's in very browns, blacks, uh, kind of. It's not nothing is ever exactly white, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's a very sepia tone. It's like looking at an old photograph. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Except for a few, a free, uh, a few pages of color, mm-hmm. right? And those pages of color are absolutely amazing. 
There's a lot of detail in this, and I'm um. A lot of detail in the art. But mm-hmm. uh, I I like I like that, and this is one of the things that and I'm gonna it's I'm just gonna seem like I'm going off on a tangent. But have you guys watched Corpse Bride? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in Corpse Bride, the the Victorian era world that um uh, the protagonist is in is all in blues, mm-hmm. blues, blacks, whites, very very dark midnight colors, mm-hmm. and it doesn't ever seem to be day there, or if it's day, it's very cloudy. But as soon as he's in the underworld, there's color everywhere, and I like that visual. Uh, I l- I like that visual. I like that divide, basically. Uh, and in the Corpse Bride, it was basically how the real world shackled you to its grimness, mm-hmm. and that you were kind of a bit free to do as you pleased in death. So that death shouldn't be kind of like. Death shouldn't be scary if you should see it as a liberation yeah. kind right. of thing. Um, uh, in this one, it's uh, it was more that reality sometimes isn't up to par. We're lost. We don't know what we're doing. We're trying to find meaning, and sometimes that that uh, and that that can seem like grim. That can seem kind of dark, and it can be. It can be very frustrating, and the protagonist was frustrated a lot because she didn't know what she was doing. Yeah. But then, as soon as she discovered this world, Elad, the paradise, mm-hmm. um, that's when her world was filled with color, mm-hmm. and that she could find her meaning in the fantastical. That I adored that. But even that, the in the end, that that didn't deter her from the real world. As right. Well. Yeah. In the end, that she could find. A a balance mm-hmm. yes. between the yes, both of absolutely. them, and that was uh, the same thing in the Corpse Bride as well, uh, because it, of course in the Corpse Bride, in the end, the dead come up and they bring color to yeah. the world of the living, and uh, there's that whole thing. But I, I like like I like that divide. I like how that worked in this comic as well. Yeah. So it's it's I really adored that about this book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna let you guys <coughs> talk about it, or else. <laughs> Well, uh, the first few pages I was reading, I was loving the dialogue, like the yeah. monologue yeah. and all uh-huh. of that, the description, um, the whole thing. I was like so in love with it because I love like that those period pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I love like when people speak English the way I guess they spoke it so many years ago, where it was mm-hmm. there was no slang or whatnot. Um, no, there or if there, there was, was slang, if there yeah. was, it was just of the time. Yeah. Um, so it. it just reading the the first two pages, I was like, "This is gonna take me off for a ride." I was mm-hmm. like, "Ready for it, right?" And then, um, then meeting Rita, um, mm-hmm. uh, the partner of Charlie, uh, I just totally fell in love with her. Yeah. When I read her, I read her with an accent, mm-hmm. and it was like she was so alive. So, uh, the character Rita, she's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. She's so alive and vibrant. She um, cooks great. The world, the the best tamales in the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, they're they're basically kind of starting off in Portland, mm-hmm. so they're kind of kind of um, uh, finding their fit, it, starting their life together in Portland because they mm-hmm. they kind of uh, I think it, in Pasig they were at a coffee shop and they were talking about like uh, the other places they were trying to settle into but mm-hmm. decided for Portland. And um, Rita was like, we have to spice it up. We have to do something different. Like, let's go salsa dancing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, and Charlie is working on a comic book with, uh, with a fellow person, a fellow writer 
who's sending pages via email mm-hmm. or messenger, uh, so they don't actually really meet. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a shut-in, and he's just recently lost his mother, and his sister is sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, I need your help because there's so much we have to take mm-hmm. care of because mom just passed. And that's something that I can identify with just mm-hmm. because my when my mom passed, there were so many things to handle. So I kind of felt her frustration. So one of the things I really loved about this comic is you really feel the emotion the characters are feeling. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Those are really present with the dialogue and, and also the art mm-hmm. um, and in the body movement. Um, I felt that the art was really, really wonderful. Um, we were talking about Latinidad in uh, the comic books when you mm-hmm. have a... Um, Latino characters, oh, yeah, and there was a lot of, I mean, I wouldn't say like a lot, like in your face, mm-hmm. um, but it was like sprinkled on perfectly. Like mm-hmm. when she was cooking in the kitchen, um, she was like, uh, when she was at the store, I need cilantro. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she was in the kitchen, there was like a little calavera on, uh, like on the desk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, you didn't get the notion that Charlie was Latina mm-hmm. until like she start, uh, Rita was talking to her in Spanish and. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it was, and then uh, one of my favorite pages was when um, uh, Charlie was confronted with uh, one of the characters from Elad, mm-hmm. and um, and they <laughs> they were talking, and she's like, you know, I'm used to misogyny, and I'm yes. used to, oh my god, I was like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. that's like my uh-huh. favorite one. I mean, she goes on a tangent, and I loved it. Uh, yeah, and she's like, oh hell no. <laughs> thinly veiled racism I get yeah. patronizing misogyny old white guy been there but mm-hmm. you do not get to tell me how to how this thing goes I was mm-hmm. like dude I love you you're like it like she's she's tiny she's like really petite mm-hmm. but she has like a very big personality mm-hmm. and we find out that she's a very strong character as well like mm-hmm. the way she um the way the story unravels for her mm-hmm. um she's a very powerful um personality mm-hmm. and i really like that she was very strong although like you can see that she has a lot of like physical weaknesses like when she's trying <laughs> to bike yeah <laughs> she's mm-hmm. trying to cycle or you know, um, but but uh, she's a very uh, assertive woman, and I, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that too. Like, because um, uh, as I said before, um, uh, uh, well, I didn't say it before in this podcast, but I said it before when we were talking about it. Um, at first, I didn't get uh, that Charlie was Latina mm-hmm. until later mm-hmm. on, uh, when she understood the Spanish yeah. and everything, and she like knew what she was talking, and she mentions it uh, specifically in that panel that. Um, uh, that uh, Sarah was talking about that the thinly veiled racism I get, misogyny, right, yeah. old white dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ain't that the truth? <laughs> but um, uh, especially in that scene, you can kind of because she's very much a shut-in. Mm-hmm. She's the introverted Latina woman with which I find which was really cute to me too. The relationship. Yeah. Uh, there's the there's the spicy outgoing Latina woman, and then there's the private. Oh my God, don't look at me. Uh, um. Uh, introverted latina woman yeah and yeah. i and i and i just thought it was really cute that they got together and that they're married and everything and i was just like oh she makes her go out yeah <laughs> she's like you have to come outside it's it's actually sunny it's not raining let's yeah. go out for a picnic you know and she's like ah do i have to she's like you gotta eat let's yeah, go yeah, outside let's go. yeah and um uh, and i've and i've seen that that kind of dynamic with other people i know mm-hmm. uh and it's uh, it was it was just really cute and it was very real but um, um, where was I going with this? 
Well, mm-hmm. while you think of where you're going, I want to jump on that mm-hmm. particular statement, the fact that it's very real. Um, mm-hmm. I think this book does an amazing job of bringing into the comic book world something that we've continuously pointed out is missing on a grander scale when it comes to um, Latinx representation within the comic book industry, and that is intersectionality. These are not just Latina characters. These are queer Latina characters. These are, um, this is a a non-gender conforming Latina character. This is a, um, you know, a a, a woman who um, is very, um, uh, you know, the relationship between Charlie and Rita is so real. The little things like, you know, trying to, like you guys were saying, trying to get the, the one uh, introverted partner out to do things. And uh, and Charlie, her little inner dialogue about kind of being frustrated sometimes with what Rita is trying to get her to do and while she's working on her on her drawings. And, um, and then just... Uh, Rita having this dream of opening uh, that's a, a big part of of the storyline too is that Rita has this dream of opening her own uh, food cart uh, and it's then you and Eddie <laughs> 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 and, and, uh, and Charlie uh, wanting to support that but also having her own dreams that uh, some literally having her own dreams um, and so I just felt like it was so real. None of it was forced in reading, um, and it all just that those bits of reality um, side by side with all of the fantastical and sci-fi and all that stuff was such a freaking perfect marriage to this oh, story. Man. Like you don't believe that you're gonna see like trolls and yes and uh, like um, magic fruits. And all this stuff, and like coexisting with this this world, this reality that we've read, and it it just it's a wonderful marriage of the whole story. It all makes sense, yeah, and it all intertwines so beautifully. Yes, mm-hmm. I I like I said, it's like it's like they wrote this for me. Yeah, because <laughs> I love like period pieces. I love fantasy. I you know I love seeing myself on the comic book page. Um, I love reading Spanish in the comic that, book. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. Whenever I see a Latina, uh, a, La- a Latinx character speaking Spanish that doesn't seem forced. Right. And this never mm-hmm. seemed forced. And it seemed, I mean, we keep using this over and over again, but it seemed so natural and real. Mm-hmm. And that was just uh, an amazing addition to the story, and it made it, it it made it easy for me to identify. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, definitely. Um, where it had been going before was the Latinidad. And from the previous podcast, the one uh, comic that we had via online. Uh-huh. Um, um, Vengeance Nevada. Yeah, Vengeance Nevada. That oh, had been uh-huh. good. Mm-hmm. But, and the creator had told us, oh, sh- the main character is Latina. Right. But there was no notion of it at right. all. There was no Latinidad. Yeah. This one has it. Yeah. From everything, from how, from the little decorations in the house to how Rita speaks. And in the end, once I got it that she was Latina, I went back and I saw that. You oh, saw yeah. It. I saw it. Yeah. I, I, in the little, that is completely unforced. That's, that is... Th- 
that is basic that's natural and th- I, r- I really appreciate it like one of the parts I really like was when Rita was drawing on the pages with her little stick figures she's like mi amor regresa like mi amor please come back like that yes, kind of stuff yes, like yeah. those little uh, endearments yeah. um, in Spanish because you know that when you say it in Spanish it's like it sort of it hits a lot harder. Yeah, it yeah. has yeah. more weight. Yeah, yes, more it does. Weight. Yeah, yeah. But um, I really loved uh, the uh, great grandfather fisherman guy. I love that guy. I love the way he talks. I, it's one of my one. Of, I love love that guy. I mean, uh, I I know he's basically the bad guy, but it almost seems like Killmonger. Like mm-hmm. you know, he's bad and he has to do bad things. But he's doing it for a bigger, the bigger picture, and um, mm, I yes. disagree. You really do. I disagree. When he I met his great grandson, I think he was being selfish. I do too. Really? Yeah. Yes. I did not get that yeah. at all. He was. I I felt he was being selfish. I think that he didn't have the power that Charlie had over the world, Elad. That mm-hmm. that he thought he did, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. The, he went about it the wrong way with his great grandson Mm -hmm. and I think because that was his way of mending the boundary between the worlds Mm -hmm. Uh, because they were spilling into each other with the fruit in the house that disappeared Uh Mm -hmm. Um, and that was his way of controlling that but he didn't control it because he didn't have the strength Mm -hmm. that Charlie did Mm -hmm. that's why I feel he 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 meant well, but he went about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But you guys say that you think he was not I, I feel like there was, I remember a part of it uh, where he actually said, this is, it's mine. Like, I and like I read that as if it's mine and I don't want you to have it. Mm-hmm. And the more that you are uh, drawing or writing or whatever, it's taking it away from me. Mm-hmm. That he was perfectly fine where he was and he was forced to come back to, to fix it. But to me, what he meant to fix it was to make it so that it was still only his. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. That's what I got from it. Maybe, um, maybe uh, no, the, the whole thing. killing the great. <laughs> the uh, oh, spoiler. Alert. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry, um, but I I think that um, I'd have to reread it to to maybe see if I can see. You're part of it, but just in the read that I did, I got that yeah, that he was being selfish. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to just because we're we're kind of giving bits and pieces and stuff, but I want to give the actual official fan oh, base yes. press um, little synopsis of this story okay. um, because it hasn't been released yet. It is right now available for pre-order on the fan base press website, and we'll pre-order put it, a pre-order we'll it. put up a link for it um, on our um, on our website. Uh, on, I mean, on our Facebook and uh, uh, Twitter and, and uh, Instagram. But um, basically says, In the margins, artist Charlie Kao's new gig begins as a fun challenge to breathe new life into the forgotten pulp world of Elad, this time as a comic book. But as tendrils of this lost realm creep into her sleepy Portland neighborhood, Charlie realizes that Elad is much more than the lines on a daydreamt map. More than the sum of an old hack's prose, a lad has its hooks in Charlie, and what was once fantasy has become deadly reality for both the artist and the woman she loves. Mm. So that's a good synopsis. Yes. Yeah. 
without giving giving anything away. Oh my gosh, <laughs> oh we should, we struggle. I know. Sorry. <laughs> my bad, you guys. But definitely um one of the things that I need to know about now and I want to talk to um uh is it David Acampo? Uh, somebody I want to talk to, and I think that they're going to be at San Diego. Maybe we can do a quick little oh interview yes, or something. Absolutely, that'd be great. But as we were waiting to get started, the book was here on the table, and I just happened to look down, and I'm like, what did I miss? This here, mm, it's the margins, but it's also the marg in S. Marg is big, and then little I-N, and then S. And I'm like, did I miss something in the story? Like, I feel like that's a clue to something. That sounds, that looks cool. Oh, I really wish there's a sequel because I want to know more. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like, was there something in there that was called Marg, or am I just reading into it too much? <laughs> Might not, maybe. Because I feel like that's, that's super, that's, a that, that's super intentional. Like, they could have all been the same size. Right. Like, what does that mean? Is it supposed to mean something? Is it supposed to mean something? <laughs> or was it just a creative um, decision for the title? But, like, what's the marg? In, uh, we didn't ever saw that word in there? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. See, going back to the great-great-grandfather... There was a point where he said, no, don't think about the girl. To do so would only lend her spirit momentum along a calamitous trajectory. So even he was kind of doubting himself before he was, like, going to dive into the decisions he made. Maybe I'm, I don't know, but I really love them. I love them. I'm sorry. He's a bad guy, but I love them. This is Sarah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> His dialogue He's was an interesting character. Yes. I'll give, I'll give it that much. Cause but, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. One thing I'm, I almost missed. Do you guys remember that moment where there was, like, kind of a, a flashback between the great-grandfather and this boy who inspired him mm-hmm. to write this story? Yeah. And that they were suggesting that it was um, a his first love? I remember that flashback. Wait, what? But now that you mention it, that had not connected before? Yes. And... Now that doesn't, holy shit. Wait, what is your, what was it that you just, I was just looking up definitions <laughs> of Marg. It could just be Marge. I mean, that's also a, someone's a shortened name, Marge. Mm-hmm. But Marg in, um, in Hindi and Punjabi means road. Oh, wow. Huh. Okay. Nice. So. Interesting. I can, I'm going to make something out of this, whether (laughs) the creators want to or not. I mean, that's that's pretty good either way. Yeah. Yeah. uh, There's a specific flashback where we uh, we see the great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, with, in the company of a a young man um, who actually inspired the story he wrote Mm -hmm. um, and who was the inspiration or the image of Typhon Creed, which is the main character in Uh uh the story. Uh And it was suggested that that was his first love. That's what I got, too. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I completely and utterly missed this, and I'm the queer one. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the reason I thought that this was such a a very important note is because he went and disappeared when he was 
about to become a father with his wife. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was a very important uh, um, point as to why yeah. he never came back. Right. So I just I thought that was worth mm-hmm. kind of exploring as well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, there's so many levels to this comic book. I think there um, is. There really is. That um, it, it even um, I think it would be equally as amazing to reread it mm-hmm. over and over. This yeah. Is a, this is the type of book I think you can reread and find new things in it. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. I um, I would love for this book to just be the next year's Eisner Award winner uh, oh, yes. nominee the way that Quinta is this year. Um, <coughs> Fanbase Press is really knocking it out of the park with a lot of their um, a lot of their published works and this one here I didn't know what to expect I didn't actually read the little synopsis before I started looking at it and reading it mm-hmm. and in the beginning I was like okay I mean it, it's we you don't know it when you're reading mm-hmm. it, but you're in a lot, yes. and, and uh, you're reading it. I'm like, okay, I don't know if this is really my thing. But then when you realize that it's like part of this a bigger story, it's yes. a story within a story, which I love. Yes, I yes. love the the trope of story within a story, mm-hmm. um, and I um, got into it immediately. Like I was, I was drawn in with. Um, we first meet. Uh, the the writer what's his name the oh uh, Gordy Gordy yeah <laughs> uh, but then Poor as soon Gordy. as we re- we meet Charlie and Rita that was it and a fun little fact um, uh, the um, the writer or the one of the co-writers um, the Acampo David Acampo he is not um, Latino but his fiance is and he says that. Um, uh, she, his fiance, was the influence for the character of Rita. Wow, oh. was very, very much the influence. I love yeah. it. I love it already. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very heartwarming. Oh, well, it was, it was so cool. It was so pleasant. It, uh, we haven't even touched very much on the artwork, but it is so detail oriented. The mm-hmm. artwork. I yeah, mean, it is. There is a point where Rita's opening the refrigerator, and on the refrigerator, there's uh, magnets of fruit. Mm-hmm. Plastic fruits, and I grew up with that. So did I. On my my, my grandmother had it on her refrigerator. Yeah, exactly. We still, have, oh. we still have plastic fruits on my fridge. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a, this is reality for me. <laughs> so, I mean, it is important to um, note that the illustrator, the uh, the artist, is a female, Amanda Donahue. Mm-hmm. So, um, we definitely want to make sure that we call attention to the fact that it is, um, it's a it's a female that is. Um, doing the, the amazing artwork. artwork of this book. And look at inside, it's even in different freaking font. Wow. <laughs> oh my god, okay. I'm sorry. Kristen, Kristen is obsessed with it. She is, she is going to make this a thing. This is a thing now. Yes. I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was a little part where Rita called Charlie. And so Charlie looked at her cell phone and she saw, and you see Rita's yes. profile yes. picture uh-huh. on, and she, Rita's eating. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. I was like, "Oh my god, that's adorable!" Um, but uh, one of the reasons that I thought was uh, that uh, most of the characters, uh, uh, Rita was and Charlie, had a bit of a, a Latino twang in their speech, was because one of the reasons, uh, one of the uh, scenes where um, 
Charlie was speaking to the great great grandfather. Uh, he said, uh, I keep calling him the great great grandfather. Um, he said, um, Your English is rather good. And she says, Well, yours is outdated. Yeah. And I was like, Dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great book. I love it. Are we, um, are we ready? Yeah. Are we ready? Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to give it the panaderia. Yeah. I am. Straight out. This is a book that was written for me. Uh, the the um, the dialogue and uh, the time the fantasy the Latinidad the art it was wonderful for me this is Sarah and get the whole panaderia so this is Kristen I uh, also want to give it the highest rating that we have um, more than three conchas and champurrado definitely the whole panaderia um, it is such a good book it pulled me in from the beginning and not only did it pull me in from the beginning but it continued to surprise me and it continued to show me different layers uh, of the story that interested me and made me want to continue turning the pages and I look for that in any kind of um, medium of story that I'm looking at so definitely um, the highest rating I could give it uh, and I recommend that you pre-order this book and or you go and buy it we will for sure have copies on our shelves at Heidi Hill Comics when it becomes available mm-hmm. so this is Jen and I will physically go to Guatemala to the bakery that is uh, about two <laughs> blocks away from where my sister lives, buy it, buy it out, and bring it all back just to give to the, <laughs> just to give to the creators of the Tentafan Base Press because that's how much I fucking love this thing. I love the heck out of this. I love it. It gets the whole panaderia, the, all the conchas, all the champurrado, it's, uh, it's, and it's the cafe really de good. olla, and the cafe de olla. All it of was it. so beautifully written. Yes, and it was. Uh, and and uh, the way that it was all positioned, uh, I. I, I I don't know. Even the argument she kind of had with Rita, I was just like, dude, that's so beautifully like. That's a relationship uh, argument. Yeah, like that was like yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And not to demean male writers when uh, all male writers when they write females, but definitely we've seen in our experience of reading comics that there are some that can do it a lot better than others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we we all 100% agree that the uh, the Jaime writes uh, females amazingly, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and there, there's been some others, and then um, you know a couple that we've read recently that really were horrible. But the um, the male team uh, co-writers that wrote this book, I think, definitely got it right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, we can't say enough. This was uh, Copa Nadria all around. Batman, 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 Joker just put me on acid. You want to wait like a maverick. We need to make something happen. All right, guys, it's that time again. What is on my radar? Kristen? On my radar this week is a horror book that I caught up with over this last week. I had been a little bit behind in my reading and um, had the opportunity to catch up. Um, And I caught up on a book called Regression. It is a horror... I remember Regression, yeah. It's a horror book written by Colin Bunn. I don't think we've read, read uh, anything by Colin Bunn here. Um, I don't think he has any Latina characters, or and he himself isn't Latino, but um, 
We'll have to. I'll have to talk to him about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he um, came out with this book. I think at the end of last year, maybe when the first one came out. Um, oh no, it was actually May. May 2017, so mm-hmm. it's already been over a year. Jeez, I'm really behind. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was number one that came out. So um, I just caught up. But um, the synopsis of this book is uh, Adrian is plagued by gas- ghastly waking nightmares. To understand and possibly treat these awful visions, Adrian reluctantly agrees to past life regression hypnotherapy. As his consciousness is cast back through time, Adrian witnesses a scene of horrific debauchery and diabolism. Waking, he is more unsettled than before, and with good reason. Something has followed him back. Adrian descends into a world of occult, conspiracy, mystery, reincarnation, and insanity from which there is no escape. Dun, dun, dun. Now, oh my God, am I gonna have to read this book? Okay, look. I remember when this book came out, and I could not pick it up because I have this yeah. thing about uh, I'm insects. Gonna sh- I'm gonna show. This don't, is the cover of the first issue. I'm showing Sarah. Oh my God. <laughs> Which is why I said that was a great. Because um, you were talking about yeah. um, all the insects from hell. Oh I yeah. said that's a great transition yeah. <laughs> into my on my radar because in this story, what he finds out, and there's like some, there's some um, uh, like this cult uh, that is involved, but there is a little bit of explanation of the fact the fact in this book that at some point it was the insects that were in charge and that people um like uh as gods they you know were bowing to them and worshiping them and stuff and so a lot of this book revolves around insects um and scenes drawn with like insects and and no. worms and stuff like just coming out of people and like or why they're having like orgies there's like insects all over them wow. it's just so freaking creepy and if you are a horror fan i highly recommend this book it is so good and i 100 percent think that cullen bunn is doing his best work when he's writing horror really? he writes x-men blue gold i don't remember now he writes he, doing venom. he wrote he's doing venom he wrote magneto he's done uh drax i think he's mm-hmm. done a lot of marvel stuff but he is absolutely at his top when he does horror and regression is really really good so that's what's on my radar. Oh, well, I love the cover. I love that. I love maggots. Yeah. <laughs> I love all that shit. I love right now. I, I actually, um, I, I host an art show, and uh, some of my pieces have cockroaches and crickets. I think uh, I remember seeing crickets. that. Yeah. And, you uh, know that these are high in protein and that one day we all oh no. are going to be eating cockroaches and crickets. I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons I ate crickets in Mexico is because I want to get ready for the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it like a delicacy, like in street food, like yes, in, in Mexico? In, yeah, in and also in some Asian countries, I think. I believe so. Um, there is a, a, a maguey that you can split open, and there's these like uh, worms that you could also eat, like worm tacos. It's really cool. Grubs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, grubs. Oh, they well. do that on Survivor. When the apocalypse comes, count me out. <laughs> Count me the fuck out. Your girl's gone. <laughs> but 
Anyways. <laughs> anyway, the, the entire reason I didn't pick up the first issue was because of the first issue. Yeah. Because I, I remember her saying she didn't I even want to look at it. Aww. I have this thing about insects crawling into ears. Yep, and that's yeah. exactly what it shows right here. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that volume two has um it ha has been solicited. It actually is going to be coming out this month. So that means that the first what like twelve issues are out already, or maybe ten. I don't know how mm -hmm. many's in here. Um, but it is um it's coming out July twenty fifth, volume two, and it is. Let me see. I want to see how many, if it tells us how many. Yep, six. so there's five issues per volume of trade paperback. So volume two is six through ten. Excellent. Yep, and I think actually that's, I read up to ten. Uh, so I'm all caught up with trades and I have to read the single issues. But yes, go read it. It's just, it's so good. Excellent. This is Sarah, and on my radar is uh, the Charmed Reboot. That is uh, oh, with yeah. all the Latinas. Uh -huh. uh, all the girls oh. are Latinas. And it's going to air on the CW on October 14th, 2018. So I'm pretty oh, okay. excited about that. I've seen oh, uh, CW so shows. CW. Hey. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be, I, you know what? I saw some of the trailer and I, uh, some of the little um, kind of like uh, pe sneak peeks. And it looks really good. I'm really excited about that one. I'm also excited that Neil Gaiman is turning the Sandman into an expanded comic universe. So I can't wait for that. Also, yeah. uh, we have the Vertical is relaunching uh, with uh, Vertical is relaunching in DC with seven new titles. Um, and on top of the list is Border Town uh, by Eric M. Esquivel mm -hmm. and Ramon Villalobos. Uh, so I'm really excited. I've been looking forward to Border Town for I know. a long time. Oh, yeah. As soon as it was solicited, she messaged me. I'm like, hello. It, <laughs> it just came out. It's not even due out till next year. <laughs> I was like, they just announced it. I was like, I would like to start my poll list with uh, Border Town. So oh, I'm yeah, really, really, really excited about this. Um, there's another. Is there anywhere where it's actually talking about what this book is about? No. Um, yes, uh, a yeah. little synopsis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, when a uh, when a crack in the border between worlds releases an army of monsters from Mexican folklore into the small town of Devil's Fork, Arizona, the residents blame the ensuing weirdness and shared nightmares with at the unworldly radio transmissions, the mysterious goat mutilations uh, on those goddamn illegals. Oh. oh, that oh actually sounds really good. Yes. That sounds really and cool. this morning, was it this morning or yesterday? Yesterday. Uh, es uh, Esquivel. Esque en Enrique, I mean, Eric Esquivel. Esquivel, yes. yes. He actually tweeted, or Facebooked, I'm not sure which, that Facebook. he got uh, death threats from some people about this book and who are threatening to create a scene at his um, at his panel in San Diego. He They said, uh, we're going to bring the damn exterminators or something like that. Right, yeah. I was like, what the hell? Are I'm like, did they get Comic-Con tickets? Because uh, uh, I hope not. Um, no, like, with stuff like that, you can go to San yeah. Diego Comic-Cons and just be like, like yeah. find out who these people are, and if they got passes, yeah. they can be immediately revoked. Yeah, you okay. can 
if they threaten him online, that can be taken to the police. Yeah, but I definitely w- hope that this panel is not happening at any time that I am also at a panel. Oh, same. Um, I want to go see it. Because I definitely want to show my support. Absolutely. Uh, actually, the panel is on July 10th at... Um, it's the Vertical Comics panel. Wait, it can it can't be July 10th. No, you're right, you're right. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I am sorry. That's a typo. It's a Vertical Comic panel at San Diego Comic Con. It's Friday, July the 20th at 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. in room 23ABC. Okay. So it's probably a humongous panel yeah. because it has, like, all the little ABC right. um, rooms. So I am going to be on a panel at 8 o'clock in room 23ABC. Excellent. So I will already be there. I'll be sure to be early so that I can see this panel. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, And they kind of like are also kind of uh, talking about, they're going to be talking about like the relaunching of uh, the titles on Vertigo Mm -hmm. and then... uh, so, so I'm I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the uh, DC panel. Uh, I, there's, it's been a while since I've been excited about DC. So, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cause they basically DC consumed all of the old Vertigo titles. Yeah. And they're all now, even the reprintings are say DC on them. Oh wait, so boo! My panel's on Thursday. <laughs> so yours is on on Friday. Okay. So it's a. Uh, yeah, it has to be a big room. This is a Vertigo, a Vertigo relaunch. Yeah, Mark Doyle, um, the Vertigo executive editor, Mark Doyle, said, It's time to rebuild DC Vertigo. We're returning to our roots by spotlighting the most exciting new voices in comics, as well as bringing new voices to comics from the, uh, from the corners of television, games, music, activism, podcasting, comics, and more. All of our creators are passionate and have something to say. These sophisticated stories are amazing. New characters and vast worlds to explore. That's what it's always been about for me. So, so I'm very excited. I want yeah. to talk quickly about a uh, jump off of your um, uh, on a ta- onto a tangent off of your talk about um, Charmed, yes. the reboot Charmed. Yes. Um, it reminds me that there is um, a non-reboot. TV show coming out called Brujas. What? What? It what? is a show about Afro Latina witches. Oh my God, I'm so in. Yes, it's coming to TV, and uh, it is going to be. I don't, not sure. I'm trying to read real fast uh, if we can see when it's going to be coming out. But I saw this come out a while back, and I had meant to mention it. And I um, this this article was oh written in God. January. So Sign um, me the fuck up. <laughs> yep. So it says thanks to playwright Tanya Saracho, the Bruja movement, a subculture of Afro Latina millennials reclaiming the elements of brujería, the Spanish word for witchcraft, will soon get its due on television. Uh, Deadline reports that the Mexico-born writer is developing a show called uh, Brujas that centers around the Bruja movement in Chicago following four Afro-Latinas. The series is being produced by Big Beach, an independent production company responsible for films such as Little Miss Sunshine and Our Idiot Brother. Um, So I think that that might be all the information that we have so far. Um... 
I don't know if there is a, a date of when. Oh, it says no release date or cast details have been released for Brujas, but whoever is cast in the four big roles will surely bring some much-needed visibility to Latino subcultures. But again, this article was written in January, so by now there might be some information, but that was that was the first article that came up um, uh, when I searched it. So um, it says... The trailer, oh no, this is Charmed. So that's all I see uh, for it. So hopefully we get some more information about it soon. But um, yeah, everyone is super hyped about the Charmed reboot with Latinas. But I mean, this other one I think uh, is is going to be definitely something that probably is going to be a little bit more culturally significant. Definitely. Very yeah. exciting. Super exciting. Yeah, I mean, because there's Santeria, there's mm-hmm. the Orishas. Oh. It's, oh my God. There's so many possibilities. Uh, I I used to love Orisha, the the um, rock and espanol group. Wow, I've never heard them. Yeah. I didn't even yeah, know that they were. She's yeah. mentioned it before. Yeah. <laughs> and did I have the same reaction? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Every time I hear that word, I, it reminds me. Okay. But uh, on my radar is actually something by another podcast uh, called. The Adventure Zone, and I've mentioned this podcast before, but they have released their first graphic novel that is based on the first arc of their podcast. And it is The Adventure Zone, Here There Be Gerblings. And it is at your local comic book shop. Uh, and if they don't have it, you can pre-order it. It's been uh, it's published by First Second. Uh, and I would say order it quick because supposedly it's, they're already selling pretty quick. So what is their podcast about? So their podcast is about it's about three brothers and a dad doing a and d campaign. Cool. Wow. So, yeah. And you would think that that is boring. Like if you're not actually involved in playing and like doing, you know, rolling the dice and action or whatever, like just sitting around watching, like it sounds boring. Mm-hmm. I've never listened to it, but every freaking person I know that does says it's, it's, it's that it's just amazing. It, it's, it's amazing. It's great. It's funny. It's action-packed. It's full of feels and everything. Like when I was reading this, because... Simply because now I know where the story goes. There were certain moments in this book that foreshadowed ah, what was going yeah. to happen. And when I read it, I, I got a little misty-eyed because I know what's going to happen. Yeah. And, the, and the, the artwork and how they did it was perfect for that situation. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's really, really cool. And it's a way to support um, uh, podcasters and stuff like that. But also, like, it's uh, if you don't if you don't have time to listen to because it's it's kind of a lot of episodes. It's like eighty. Oh wow! wow. It's like sixty, and that's nothing. We're almost there, girls. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's nothing compared to Critical Role, that is like on like almost like more than a thousand episodes. Oh uh, yeah, I've heard of that one too. Yeah, Critical Role. A thousand? Wow. Yeah. How old will we be when we hit one thousand? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm, pro- I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm probably exaggerating, but Critical Role has a lot of episodes, okay. uh, like uh, up there in the hundreds. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, now we're at a hundred. Hundreds. That's it. I was over. I was over exaggerating. Uh, but it's is if you don't have time to listen to all of that, there's now a book about the first arc. It's about the first 10 or 15 episodes of that podcast oh, okay. wow. done in one book. 
and it's twenty it's, bucks. It's it's pretty nice size. I mean, you're getting your money's worth. You're definitely getting your money's yeah. worth, and they have like fan art in the back and everything. Oh, that's as cool. Well. And so it's 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 really cool. Listen, that listen to that fans. You gotta step it up. Where's <laughs> our fan art? <laughs> That's uh, really exciting because mostly I see like like people that uh, have like their shows or are, um, or are directors or are um, actors that they like branch out into podcasting. Yes, I've never se- I've never seen an instance where podcasters launch a comic book. So I'm just like excited because I mean, th- you know, the possibilities of, of of this are endless and and the um. What is it called? The um, the adventure zone. No, I mean not not that, mm-hmm. but the uh, quality of the book is really good. Oh yeah, it's first second. First second does some really quality work, and with with everything from their from ev- how, even how they like print it and everything, it's like a good paper. And the binding and everything is super super cool, and how the artwork, is the cover art that they've done is is pretty good. It's great. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't have thought that like it was. Uh, inspired by a podcast Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it's just uh it's really cool thank Mm -hmm. you for bringing that in that's i can't wait to read it it's it's really great and they themselves have a lot of support too from some pretty big names oh wow adam savage from mythbusters um justin roiland the co-creator of rick and morty uh john hodgman from vacation land hank green the ya author like he they have a lot of a lot of fans that's cool very high prominent fans. Wow. Yeah. Friends so in high places. Friends in high places, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's really, really good, and I highly recommend it. Cool. That's awesome. Now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, take it away. So, my Juntos y Fuertes this, e- not year, this week, <laughs> this episode, actually has to do with an event that's happening during Comic-Con. Um, San Diego Comic-Con is next week. It's going to be July 18th, which is a Wednesday, which is preview night all the way through the 22nd, which is Sunday. And happening concurrently to Comic-Con in San Diego is a little convention called 4th Annual Chicano-Con. Um, Chicano-Con is uh, a comics and music event that spotlights the work of Latino artists while bringing a little Comic-Con to the barrio. Uh, at Chicano-Con, they'll be giving away comic books to kids, creating costumes, and because this is a gathering made by and for Latinos, there will be tacos, Woo-hoo. live music, yes. superhero nice. piñata breaking, yes. and of course, Latino artists. The event, which was started in 2015, will begin on July 20th at Border X Brewing in Barrio Logan, which is one of the little neighboring neighborhoods to um, right from where the convention center is. If you take the trolley south, it's like the uh, first or second stop, I think. I think that's a... Um, what I'm remembering correctly, but it is accessible by trolley. So um, Barrio Logan is where it's going to happen, and it's at a brewery. So of course, uh, you know that uh, mm-hmm. we will probably be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Barrio Logan is a historically Chicano community in San Diego that's just two miles oh two miles east of the madness of com- where Comic Con takes place. So the um, 
The creator, David Favela, says comics and the popular arts are important to the Latino community and can play a role in children's lives, just like they changed mine. Uh, he says he learned to speak English by reading comic books. Oh, wow. He says while Comic-Con is an incredible event, there really isn't one place for all the Latino Chicano artists to connect and inspire each other. We try to create a space to do that, and we try to support these artists in their journey into the popular arts. Uh, it says, plus, Latino comic fans have a place to celebrate their geekiness and their culture. Even as Comic-Con does better to re represent Latinos, Chicano-Con will continue to bring the Latino perspective. Excellent. So this will be happening um, beginning on the 20th and I believe through the weekend. So that's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It says the hours um, are uh, beginning at 1 p.m. Um, on Friday and then through 8 p.m. Um, on the 21st. I don't know. The dates seem here. The dates say 19th to 21st, but over here it says 20th to 22nd. So there's a little confusion, but there is a Chicano Comic Con going on. Um, I got this information from their um, Facebook event um, uh, that they shared. Um, you can just search Fourth Annual Chicano Con or Border X Brewing, which is the host. And I actually think that I saw Javier is going to be there. Javier nice. Hernandez, Lalo will be there. I think Yehudi said he was going to be there. We haven't done his book yet, but we should. Yes. Um, but there's going to be a, a lot of Latino creators that we have um, talked uh, with on the show or whose um, work we have reviewed. So, uh, and it can only, I wanted to go last year, but I got sick at Comic-Con last year and I just did not have it in me to, to travel um, outside of my bed to the convention center for a few things I had to be at. But um, I really want to try to go this year and kind of, I think it'd be a, an amazing um time to just meet other Latino artists and um, kind of get the word out about Comadres y Comics and um, hopefully it is uh, an amazing uh, event this year. Does it say what the cost is? It's free! <gasps> I'm there. I'm there. You said trolley? Trolley accessible? And free? <laughs> I'm still there. Yes. Um, I believe it's free. That's what in in the... Uh, in an, It doesn't say that here, but in other places I've seen that it's a free community event and also um, it is family friendly even though it's a brewery it's family friendly all friendly all ages are welcome excellent so oh here is a weekly calendar it says um, oh I think oh that's why I think this was from last year they shared, someone shared something from last year. That's why the dates seem weird. So, um, that's why it was confusing. But, um, but it definitely is happening because I've seen a lot of, of the creators saying that they're going and that they're going to be, um, there having a table and stuff. So, I definitely think that we should double check to make sure that it's free. It doesn't say here. We but I want to say that I've seen that somewhere else. Oh, well, we'll definitely look that information up yeah. and post it on our Facebook page. And possibly any other social media that we can actually uh, blow this up on. Definitely. Hello, hello. Hi, guys. We have a new segment called Saludos. And this is where we give uh, listeners the opportunity to do a shout-out or ask us questions that we will answer on our next, on our, uh, when we record 
next. So we have two shout outs on Instagram. Uh, one is from Richard Cardenas. Uh, he is from Interview with the Nerd podcast on the Awkward Human Network. And he says, which is your favorite pan dulce? Mine is pan frances con mantequilla y azúcar. Oh, I like that one. Yes. So what is your favorite pan dulce, guys? My, uh, <coughs> this is Kristen. As a kid, my favorite was the empanada de calabaza. Mm. That was my favorite, favorite, favorite. But for some reason, as an adult, I don't know if my taste buds have changed or if it's just the the paraderias up here have a different recipe. It's they're just it's not the same to me anymore, and I don't know why. And it's very, very. Um, disheartening um but my second favorite or maybe now it's my first favorite i don't know what they're called but they're the little red pinwheels that have coconut on the outside and Uh, then um mm -hmm. like frosting in the middle with the with the jelly yes yes yes, those are my favorite oh nice yes so mine i also don't know the name of them mostly because um i never got a chance (laughs) but they are the bright fluorescent pink ones that kind of look like squished flatbread, but they're super sweet, and they have, like, layers of caramel mm. uh, in them. Not caramel. I think it's brown sugar. Oh, like yes, Like, brown yes. sugar. That it's it's just sort of like they crumble, crust. right? Yes. 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 Oh, it's kind God, of a those crumble. are good. Those are, those are really good. But that that is my absolute favorite mm. one. And it's my favorite now, because it uh, used to be conscious and everything, because that's what my mom would let me have. Because <laughs> my mom was, my mom expressly forbade me from having more... No more than one of those. Yeah. As, as opposed a, to the three conchas. <laughs> three conchas. She had to compromise somewhere. <laughs> so I could only have one of those um, uh, whenever we would go to the panaderia. And I could only have half of it because she thought it was too sweet for me. Wow. Do you think it's because of all the brown sugar? Because I do remember yeah. it's really sugary. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of sugar. It's basically, yeah. it's diabetes in a bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, fond memories. So we didn't have to go to the panaderia. The panaderia came to, to us. Right? There was a truck <laughs> that would drive through the neighborhood where my grandmother yeah. w- lived and would honk the horn. Aww. And you never saw a little brown Chevy go run faster down <laughs> a, a flight of stairs than when she heard that horn <laughs> coming around the corner. Pan dulce, pan dulce, pan dulce. <laughs> El pan. Um, fr- this is Sarah. And... Uh, it's it varies because uh, in November I like pan de muerto. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when I, when somebody comes from El Pueblo in Tlatenango, I love my uh, pan de fiesta. Mm. And uh, that you can't really get here. I mean, there are some people that are starting to make it here, but what is it? Um, it's it's kind of a long uh, 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 rectangular uh, bread, mm-hmm. and it has like a, a browning on top with sesame seeds. Oh yes, it. yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then but it's very long. It's sort and then you can break it off into pieces. Yeah, yeah. And that one uh, they make really great one in Tlatenango. So every time mm. somebody comes from the El Pueblo, then mm. I'm like, did you bring pan? <laughs> pan de fiesta? Trajiste pan? Okay, so can I have just a little slice? Just yeah. a little, just a little bit. And yeah, um, uh, roscas. This is the Guatemalan one. Oh, roscas. Uh, and yeah. they only make it during like big events, mm. Semana Santa. Uh, Christmas, um, um, uh, Dia de los Muertos, because mm-hmm. um, uh, they make pan dulce, they make pan de muertos, and there's also roscas. But basically, whenever there's a, a, a festivity, and they're they're just like mini roscas, and they're and they're cooked until they're almost like a like 
a cookie. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. like a like the consistency of like a dry cookie, but perfect with coffee. Mm. It's, oh really yeah. it's, r- it's really, really good. Um, like yeah, I think it's just inferred, uh, for me anyway, that pan dulce is eaten by dunking it into coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I always grow up eating mm-hmm. my pan dulce, no matter what it was. The mm-hmm. cookies, the uh, empanada, whatever it was, I had a cup of coffee, which was probably like a quarter coffee, and then the rest milk and sugar, yeah. and just dunking it all. And then the best part was drinking at the end with all it's the pieces inside. Yeah. 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 And uh, my favorite right now at this very moment that I can go out and get is uh, a panaderia that is in Compton on Rosecrans. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's called San Marcos or San Martin, but they have these cuernos, mm. but they are pink. And oh. and uh, what is pink it about pink? Yeah, uh, but the the way they make them, it's so delicious to dunk. I'm gonna bring some for you guys, and you guys are gonna love it. Oh anyway, God. those cuernitos are like my favorite right now. Like if I'm full and I see a cuernito, I'm gonna <laughs> eat it. I'm gonna eat it, and I'm gonna. E- Sometimes my aunt buys them, and and I sneak a, like a little piece of the cuerno cause yeah. because her husband's like, "Did you eat my cuerno?" <laughs> I'm like, oh, shoot, I just ate a little piece. So, so that's my favorite. He also asks. Um, what's your favorite comic book? This is Sarah. My favorite, like asking me what my favorite comic book is asking me to, to tell you who my favorite child is. <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and say that my all-time favorite is Sandman. Ah, uh-huh. by Neil Gaiman. So this is Kristen, and my all-time favorite. Um, I think I've mentioned this before is Why the Last Man. That book had me so emotionally invested. Um, There were parts of it that, there were splash pages in it that just brought me to tears. Um, I still love that story, um, and I am so excited for the TV show to come out. I always cross my fingers when these kinds of things happen because when it's my favorite of anything and it's getting made into a different medium, I always get really nervous that they're going to ruin it. And I, There's no fantastical stuff to this one, so I'm hoping that it translates well. Um, and, and it's it's... It's a post-apocalyptic story, so what I fear is that now that Walking Dead has been on for so long and people are kind of tired of it and, like, there's a little bit of post-apocalyptic just being uh, over it, I guess, I'm I'm hoping that people give this a chance because it's a different story and it's so worth watching and and learning about. So Why the Last Man is my all-time favorite. You cannot go wrong with Brian K. Vaughn. I'm a little stuck. Um, it's either no, okay, no. The Wicked and the Divine mm. is my all-time favorite. Because uh, you said Sandman, and I don't want to say Sandman as well. <laughs> but I was just thinking, I was just like, what else do I really like that I keep rereading? And The Wicked and the Divine mm-hmm. is definitely it. It's like uh, it's written by Kieran Gillen, Kieran Gillen, and drawn by Jamie McKelvey. Um, and it is basically. Sandman, but with music. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's really good. Okay. I, I like that. I adore it. You can't go wrong with it. And I'm, um, Jane McKelvey's artist, uh, but I really like The Wicked and the Divine. That one's my fave. Excellent. 
All right, and we have one more saludo from iDraw, which is Nathaniel Osoyo, an artist. Uh, his shout-out is to the Comadres for always being supportive and highlighting books that I should know about. Hashtag 15. Oh. oh, and we also uh, reviewed his book, yes. "The Shadow People Are Coming." Yes, yes. Uh, so that a cool um, our re- reality yeah. uh-huh. comic book. Yeah. So salutations to you too, sir, and thank you for the shout out. And that was our segment. Saludos. We have some great news. Kristen, take it away. We definitely do. If you're going to be at the San Diego Comic-Con 2018 next week, which is July 18th through 22nd, you are going to have the amazing opportunity to meet us in person at our very own panel. We will be on the Fanbase Press Latinx Comics Creators and Readers panel on Saturday, which is Saturday's the 21st. 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock in room 28DE. We have the amazing um, opportunity to be on this panel with um, Sebastian Kadlecik, who is the co-creator of Quince, um, and is going to be answering all of your questions and talking about his experience being a Latinx creator and his amazing book that we reviewed on one of our podcasts, Quince all about Lupe who gains superhero powers on the day of her quinceanera. Yes, and the moderator will be uh, Barbara Dillon yes. from Fanbase Press. Mm-hmm. So we're very grateful to them and we're excited to see you guys so at the grateful. panel. Yes. So we hope to see you guys there. And this is Kristen Still. If you have the opportunity to uh, be there also on Friday, I'm going to be moderating a panel um, on Thursday. Oh, I said Friday, but it's Thursday. I keep mixing it up. I'm going to be sitting there in this room on Friday like, where's my (laughs) panel? Um, On Thursday, July 19th, it's going to be the Web Comics Advocates and Web Comics Gathering. Um, As you might know, my husband does a web comic called Collectors, all about Eddie who loves his wife and his comic book collection but not always necessarily in that order I will be moderating the panel so you can come and check that out if you have any inkling that you want to create your own webcomic and you want to know how to do it and the best um, processes to get that um, that creative those creative juices flowing and to get your comic out in front of people definitely I recommend coming to this panel this panel is the panel that Eddie sat in I remember sitting there next to him five, six years ago, and he was just a participant in the audience, and now he is part of the panel with his very own webcomic. So definitely check that out, too. Very exciting stuff, guys. Did you guys ever think you were going to be on a San Diego Comic-Con panel? Because I sure didn't. I never even thought I was going to go to San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) My first Comic-Con panel was last year, and I was so freaking nervous. It was my first panel ever. That was my introduction to paneling. It was at San Diego last year. I remember you were freaked out. And I was freaked out, and I, that day, it was a Saturday, I think, No, it was a Friday. Whatever day it was, I didn't go to the floor, the convention hall floor at all. I went straight 
uh, as soon as I got there that day, I went straight to the pro lounge and I sat there at a table and just was writing out all my answers because we got the questions ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Was writing out all my answers. I was even texting you guys. I think I was yeah. like, I would message you, what do you guys think? What's a good answer for this? Yeah. I was so stressed out. Now it's that. like, it's not that it's not a big deal, but I'm way less stressed about it. Super and chill. Yeah, and, and I enjoy it so much more, but that was like such a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a nerve-wracking experience. I'm, I'm nervous, definitely. I've been breaking out a lot because I'm so nervous, but I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Very I'm excited. Super excited. Yeah. Like I said, I can fake it until like, <laughs> you were there, and then I'm just like, shit, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> but fake it till you make it. <laughs> nice. So we hope to see you guys there if you did get Comic-Con tickets. Um, and, and if you're not, thank you for your support anyway, and hopefully next year if we can possibly at be at a panel again. I'm just so excited. I'm mean, <laughs> just think I don't even know. I'm babbling. Well, um, I think, <laughs> and if you're not, we definitely should um, do a, uh, our due diligence and just share as much as we as we can. Any panels we go to, any cheese that we hear, um, keep updating our um, our social media channels so that it'll be like almost you were there with us. Exactly. So they can follow us on Twitter, Jed. At Comic Comadre, so you can tweet at us as well. Give me the latest dirt. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, know. and on Instagram at Comadres y Comics. You can also follow us on Facebook, of course, and uh, I'll do my very best to post pictures and stream live video from the comic convention hall. Um, also, we are on Snapchat, and I'll try to do my best. It's, uh, it's the uh, connection very good. There's 50 million people that are trying to get on it, so it's super slow, but it does exist. Excellent. Um, so, yeah. Pay your phone bills, people. <laughs> Pay your phone bills. <laughs> so, this has been episode number 34. We have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.